Good morning, Vessel United Church. Hope you guys are doing well. I'm, I'm trusting and believing that you've had great victory throughout this week. We're meeting a little different today. That's okay. Click and share. Encourage someone. It's a beautiful day. And God's, I believe, given me a word for you and for your family. Today we're going to be talking about turning human problems into kingdom potential. And what I mean by that is how we can learn how to see every problem we face, every circumstance that we, that we deal with, and see that there's godly potential that can come out of it. There's good that can always come out of every bad that Satan has intended for your life. I started thinking about the game of basketball and how sometimes, in, uh, like basketball, we shoot in life and we miss. And I think it's important that we recognize just because we miss doesn't mean that the mercies of God that are new every day shouldn't give you an opportunity to take another shot. So to just kind of start this uh, uh, message off, I just wanted to kind of give you a visual. I got Haley here. She's fixing a shoot. And if I'm the father, okay, if I'm part of what's in the kingdom and, 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 and I rule and reign on this court, right, it's my domain to say, hey, Haley, I'm giving you all the shots that you need. Just like the father, God gives us shots. He's saying, I want you to take a shot. No matter what happens, my grace is sufficient for you. And like Haley, she's going to take a shot right now. And guess what? It's okay. She missed. Okay? God's grace, when we miss our shot, says it's all right. You don't have to feel condemned. But then God's mercy says take another shot. That's, that's, that's how life works. And no matter how many times we miss it, the Father is always there to catch us, pick us back up, and say, my grace is sufficient in all things. Here's my new mercies for you today. Shoot again, Haley. Come on, don't quit. And the Father's always right there. And He's still saying, I want you to keep shooting. That's the beauty of problems. Just because we have a human problem, just because we're facing a, a chaos or a circumstance, does not mean that we have to stop shooting. His grace and His mercy is new every single day. Today, we're going to learn that every problem you face has potential. Are you ready to get in the Word? Turn with me to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 1, and let's get in the Word. So, turning human problems into kingdom potential. Explain that, Pastor. Well, 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 6, we learn of a story with three characters that I want to introduce you. First of all, it's about a man named Elkanah, uh, and he had two wives. Uh, one was Penina and one was Hannah. I'm not going to suggest any of you men out there to take on two wives, especially since you probably can't handle the one you've got. <laughs> but in this day, it was okay and it was allowed. But we're going to pick up in verse 6. It's an awesome story, and uh, I think we can learn from it. So let's check it out. In verse 6, it says, And her rival, talking of Hannah, her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. Then Elkanah, 
her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? <laughs> Listen to uh, the cockiness of this husband. <laughs> Verse 9, So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in shallow, which by the way means a comforting place, a place of comfort. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. So she ran to the tabernacle, and she was in bitterness of soul, and she prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Get the picture. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. We'll stop right there. So you've got Elkanah, the husband. You've got Panina, one of the wives, and you've got Hannah, the second wife. Panina is having all kind of babies, and uh, Hannah, she hasn't been able to have a child yet. Now, back in these days, it was real important for a woman, first of all, to find a man, to find a husband that would love her, protect her, provide for her. And Panina, uh, excuse me, Hannah found that in Elkanah. He was a great man. He truly loved her. He provided for her. He protected her. So she had what most women in those days needed. But the second most vital thing that a woman needed to feel purpose being fulfilled in her life and to, to not feel like an outcast was the ability to give birth to a male child. And one of Hannah's problems was she could not reproduce. All right. And I started thinking about how her problem became so big that even uh, the enemy would use other people like uh, the second wife, Panina, if that's not enough, you got another woman uh, sleeping with your husband. Um, she, she, she was producing multiple babies. And every year that um, it would come time to, uh, you know, offer sacrifice, uh, Elkanah, the husband, would give a portion to Panina, but give a double portion to Hannah. Uh, Elkanah and her ch sons were being blessed, but because Hannah hadn't had any children, Elkanah would give her a double portion to just show, hey, baby, I love you. I'm giving you, look, look at these shoes. Look, look at these new dresses. Look, 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 look at this beautiful uh, donkey I just bought you. It was kind of like a, a, a Cadillac, I guess. I mean, look, look, look at this camel. I mean, I just I done got you a Camelac. Come on. <laughs> and uh, he, he was providing for her physical needs, but there was something in, internally in her. The problem uh, was overwhelming her. And I want to talk to those of you who have dealt with problems. Uh, maybe you've been shooting in life and you keep missing, like we just saw that little illustration. It's important that you recognize every problem has potential to make you a better person. God uses many times afflictions, trials, tribulations 
to teach us that he's still God and he's still in control. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous. I want you to underline that word many. Note that in your head. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers of them all. Don't ever think that because you're living for the Lord and that, that uh, you know, you're, you got saved and you gave your heart to, to the king. I, I will never teach you that you won't have problems. But I, I will teach you that there's always good that can come out of every problem that you face because that's what the Bible teaches. All things work together for the good to those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. I want us to look at this word potential because the, the simple definition, I wanted to read it to you, uh, that uh, Google tells us, uh, potential simply means having or showing the capacity to become or develop into something in the future. Having the ability to become or develop into something in the future. Here's, my pro- here's what I want you to know. The problem today that you see as the worst thing that you, you could ever face, like Hannah was facing. She was unproductive. It was tearing her up inside. And, and actually, the Bible says in verse 6 that her rival, which was Penina, uh, was kind of poking the bear, if you will. She was stirring up the coals, and she would kind of laugh in her face and say, ha, 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 look at all these kids I got, and you ain't got any. I mean, she was so caught up with that problem, she could never see the potential that God was birthing and preparing in her life. God was going to use this problem to create a desire like never before in her life. I got a question for you. Number one, just looking now looking at the relating of this story. Number one, be my first point. Write this down. Where do you run when you got problems you can't solve? Where do you run when you have problems that you can't solve? Hannah had a problem she could not fix on her own. You understand? Hannah had a problem that she couldn't fix on your own. Maybe you have a problem you can't fix on your own. Where do you turn to? Some people turn to food and they binge. Some people turn to alcohol and and they just get wasted. Some people uh, turn to sex outside of marriage. and Some people uh, turn to pills. Some people turn to porn. Some people turn to isolation. Some people have to surround themselves with a big crowd. I don't know, where do you run to? What, what, what do you have to run to and turn to to try to fill the void whenever you're faced with problems? Listen, one thing I can learn or, from this story is that Hannah recognized the one place she, could, she had to get to was the presence of God. She had to get to the tabernacle. The Bible says that she got up after eating. She had had enough and she ran to the tabernacle. She ran where the presence of God would represent in that place. And what, what, she, what that showed me, um, I was just um, kind of thinking in my mind this, this past evening of how God longs for us to long for Him. And when we have problems and trials, he, he wants us to not look so much at the problem, but recognize He's still the solution. He, many times, he will, I believe, God allows problems to teach us that He's still potentially able to do super 
exceedingly and abundant above all that we could ever ask or think. Psalm 16 and 11 says this, in your presence is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. See, in his presence, no matter how bad circumstances look, if his presence is there, all things seem to get a little bit better. Recognize even in, in Moses's life, when the man who actually brought two million people out of captivity, uh, it was Moses who, as he was being instructed and challenging, his faith was being challenged. And God would tell him, hey, I, I want you to leave this place and I'm going to take you to another place. They were about to leave Mount Sinai. They were comfortable. They were, they were, they were set up. And, and, and Moses, in his humility, cries out to the Lord and says, God, in verse uh, 15 of chapter 13 of the book of Exodus, he says, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us from here. What was Moses saying? He says, I don't care what you have intended for us. If you're not going, I'm not going. And I feel like somebody needs to be encouraged today. I know COVID's been messing with all of our heads. I understand there's fear, and I understand there's uh, even some, you know, moments where of insecurity and 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 uh, unknowing what's going to happen next. And the doors open to the church, and then the doors shut. And uh, this is a problem. But let me explain something to you. God is still on the throne. He is not caught off guard. We're trying to be safe. We're trying to be wise. And we want to protect our families and our loved ones. And, and I know it's not maybe the perfect situation. But listen to me. God don't need a perfect situation to bring a perfect solution. He already sought and brought us a perfect solution in Christ Jesus. We have eternal life. We can have peace and we can have joy. And in this kingdom that we've been preaching about, I want you to know there's potential in any problem you're facing. God has victory on the other side of your storm. Moses said, if you don't go, I don't want to go. There are some problems in life that you'll face that nobody and nothing will ever be able to change. But listen, peace in the problem, peace to be in the problem is, 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 is a simple recognizing that Jesus is walking with you through it, okay? It's, re, it's, it's important that we know that the presence of our King is bigger than any mountain or valley we'll ever face. Somebody say amen right there. All right, number two, I also noticed not only did she run to the presence of God, but number two, verse 10 says that she begins to pray. Okay, she begins to cry out in anguish. She was, she was weeping. She was torn up. She couldn't eat. She wouldn't eat. How many has ever been in such a bad problem? You, you couldn't eat. You wanted to, but you couldn't. You wanted to stop crying, but you couldn't. Number two, problems are an invitation by God, watch, to pray and to grow. Problems are and can be an invitation by God to pray and to grow. What I mean is sometimes we have to stop pouting about the problem and learn how to talk to the Father about the problem, okay? It's very important. In my life, I've faced many a problems. I've gone through many a struggles. I've had plenty of weaknesses and failures. And usually it's been my problems that's driven me to talk to God. 
there's been many a times where I would go to church and I was praying. I was going through the routine of praying and I was reading my Bible. But I've caught myself in seasons in my life. In, I mean, I've been doing this a long time. And I've caught myself in seasons where I'm just, I, I, I do it because I know to do it. And sometimes God's like, that's not good enough. I want you to long for me because of who I am, not just because of what I can do for you. I don't want you to just go through the motions. In the book of Isaiah chapter 1, the, the children of Israel were just going through the motions. They were coming to church. They were paying the tithes. They were, uh, they were singing songs. And God got sick of their praise so much that He says, uh, your new moons and your Sabbaths, I cannot away with them. He said, don't even come to church anymore. Uh, he said, don't give me your sacrifices anymore. He said, I, I want you to long for me for who I am, not just what I can do for you. Listen, His presence is the most important thing that you could ever uh, acknowledge and encounter. But, but knowing His presence is to know that when there's a problem, when we pray, we grow. When we cry out to Him, when we talk to Him like a father, somebody said, I don't know how to pray. Listen to me. It's just, it's talking like I'm talking to you. It's saying, hey, I'm, I'm messed up. I've, I've made a mistake. I'm, I shot. I made a shot and I missed. And I, I feel like a failure. And then it's allowing your spirit to hear His spirit to, and talk to you, commune with you, and teach you that, Hey, you know what? My grace is sufficient for you. You can do all things. Get up. Take another shot. My mercies are new each and every day. Psalms 34, 19 says it like this. Even when bad things happen to good and godly people, the Lord, catch this, the Lord will save them and not let them be defeated by what they face. Woo! Hallelujah. I love that. No matter what you are going through, when bad things happen, the Bible says that the Lord will be your defender. He won't let His people be defeated. Does that mean we won't have trial, tribulation, circumstances, problems? Absolutely not. But it does mean that we can have victory. It does mean that we can be an overcomers. It does mean that through the blood of Jesus, our sins have been forgiven. They've been cast into the sea of forgetfulness. And, and in Christ Jesus, we can have eternal life forever and ever. Somebody shout amen. There are no limitations when it comes to prayer. I want you to know that. You can talk to your father about anything and everything. If prayer is anything, it is everything. Let me say it like that. You must have prayer. If you want to grow your faith, you got to know how to talk to the Father. Tell Him what's going on. Tell Him how you feel. If you were sick and you were sitting in front of a doctor, what would the doctor do? He would say, tell me your symptoms. Listen, that's all prayer is. It's just telling God your symptoms. But as you grow, you begin to learn how to just talk to the Father even when you're not sick. I've had to learn that because he's my friend. He's, Jesus is my elder brother. And in moments where I feel like I can't make it another day, I'm so thankful that I've got the Holy Spirit, the third Godhead, who's on this earth, who rules and reigns my life. He rules and reigns your life if you've accepted him. 
He will speak for you. He will pray through you. and He will make intercession for you on behalf of the Father. I'm, I'm just encouraged to know that we're not fighting this battle on our own. And when we have a problem, we can go to God in prayer, knowing that our faith is going to grow as a result. Catch this. If you don't get fixed, then come to God in prayer. No. You come to God in prayer so that He can teach you that He's the Father, you're the Son, and He can take your problems and turn them into glory with a purpose. Okay? That's what problems always are. It's an opportunity for God's glory to be revealed in your life. God will only allow a provoking to push you to get more out of you. I'm going to say that again. God will only allow a provoking to push you to get more out of you. To get more what? More faith, more purpose. There was a rival. Panina was Hannah's rival, and she progged her. She pushed her. I believe God allowed that to happen so that Hannah would get so desperate for God that she would come running to his presence crying out and saying, Lord, I can't do this on my own. My prettiness, my beautifulness, uh, all my stuff, the things my husband's given me, my home, my cattle, my money, can't fix my void. There's a desire to give birth to something. I believe God wants you to give birth to something that you've never experienced, but sometimes he'll use a problem so that we can see there's potential for greatness to come out of it. Today, God's working all things out for your good. Come on, I feel the Holy Spirit in this place. Nothing is impossible with the Father. Somebody shout amen. Last point, I'm going to shut up and let you go. Are you ready? All right. Number three, knowing your promise helps you see problems as opportunities for miracles to take place. Knowing your promise. Okay, first of all, you got to know you have a promise. A promise from me is one thing, but a promise from the Father is another. So knowing your promise helps you see problems, watch, as opportunities for miracles to take place. So no matter, my, no matter what, I've learned after losing a wife to cancer, after walking through divorce, after having my kids being sick multiple times, after me walking through sickness, I have had to learn that my trust cannot be in people. My trust cannot be in money. Anything that this world can give me can be taken away tomorrow. Just because you miss the first time does not mean you're going to miss the next time. I'm going to keep saying I'm, I'm going to keep plugging it away. If you've got a promise, it doesn't matter how many times you've missed the mark. With the Father, it's not so much about making the shots in life. It's about Him giving you as many shots as you need to reach the potential that He already knows that you have. You just have to see it in yourself. And if there's one thing I've learned about problems is that God sees more in me than I've seen in myself during the problem. He's trying to teach us how to go from faith to faith and from glory to glory. Problems are always to make us better, not bitter. There's potential in your problem, financially, physically, emotionally, spiritually, relationally. Whatever you're facing, God has the ability to 
to bring glory out of it and draw you, watch this, closer than ever before. you got to hold on to the promise. What's the promise? Proverbs 3 and 5 says it like this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. But in all your ways, watch, acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. Come on, somebody. we got to learn to trust in the Lord. Don't trust in the government. Don't trust in whoever's going to be the president. No matter who gets voted in, we must realize our world is falling to hell in a handbasket without Jesus. And if we don't depend on the Holy Spirit to rule and reign in our lives, we're going to be jacked up real quick. But when you know who you are in Christ and you put your trust in the King of kings and the Lord of lords, it doesn't matter what you face. You know in the end you've got the victory. Come on, coronavirus, I still got the victory because the blood of Jesus has covered me and by His stripes I'm healed. Cancer, I still know no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. Lose my job, I still know He's a God who, who, who owns the cattle on a thousand hills and He can supply every need that I've got. Come on, somebody. I lose a loved one. My Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. There's something about knowing the promise. Listen, Daniel had a promise. And when he was in the lion's den, he didn't throw in the towel and run screaming and hollering, Oh, my life's over. They said, Stop praying. Daniel said, I'm going to pray even more. He got thrown in the lion's den. That was a problem. But there was potential in the lion's den because the Holy Spirit showed up and closed the mouth of the lion. The three Hebrew children boys, yeah, they were thrown into the fire. I understand. But when the fourth man showed up, they had a problem. But potential was in the problem because the fourth man, the Holy Spirit, showed up. Jesus himself walked around in that fire. And the Bible says when they came out, they didn't even smell like smoke. I'm, I'm going to prophesy and tell somebody that your problem... You're, you're not even going to smell like the problem you've been hanging out with by the time God brings victory through your circumstance and situation. David, he saw Goliath, and man, it was a problem. All the other uh, uh, soldiers couldn't see victory in any way, form, or fashion, but it was David who said, you come to me with a spear and a sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. David didn't just see the problem. He saw the potential of his God. Last but not least, but Joseph. Joseph had a dream. His dream got him actually abandoned, talked about, pointed at, laughed at, thrown in a pit. But that problem had potential. And he eventually wound up. That dream came to pass. And God made him the second highest ruler, if I'm not mistaken, of the whole region. Why? Because he held on to his promise. The Bible says he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Problems, write this down, problems lose power over people who continue to give God praise. The Bible says that Hannah, not only did she pray and cry out and ask and commune and find his peace in his presence, but the Bible says by the time she got done, she began to worship and she began to praise and the scripture teaches she went and ate. Some of you need to quit worrying about the problem and go eat. <laughs> David said, taste of the Lord and see that he is good. Listen, after she ate 
there came a season of time and she had a moment with her husband. And after a season of time, the scripture says that she gave birth to a young man by the name that we know of as Samuel. Samuel was, was and is probably one of the greatest prophets uh, of that day and even probably even to today and fulfilled so many great things with God speaking through him. My point is, out of her greatest problem came her greatest blessing. And I don't know what it is that you're facing today, but I want to stand in agreement with you. And I want you to know that sin is a problem in all of our lives. Maybe you're, you're lost and you don't know Jesus. But I want you to know, Jesus came so that the problem of sin could be dealt with. He paid us, he paid the price on the cross so that you and I could have redemption and forgiveness of all sins. If you're sick or you've got a situation that seems impossible, my Bible says with God all things are possible. So I'm going to leave you with this verse, Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh. Don't walk according to your own flesh or strength, but according to the Spirit which is in you. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. Listen, what the law couldn't do to fix the problem of sin, Jesus did on the cross. He conquered it. He defeated it. And today, because He lives, we can live. All you have to do is accept Him. Are you ready? Come on, let's pray together. If you don't know Jesus, say this prayer. Say, Jesus, forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. I believe you died on the cross, and I believe you rose again. From this day forward, I give you my life. Take my problems and bring potential out of them. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I pray for every man, woman, boy, and girl. Maybe they're dealing with struggles, problems that are bigger than they, than they could ever see victory come out of it. I speak faith in this atmosphere, and I thank you for hope, love, and joy. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, listen, I love you. I'm thankful for you. I believe when we come back together, it's not going to be long. We're just making some transitions. We're making some adjustments. There's been a problem, but God is bringing potential out of that problem. Don't you be defeated. Don't you be discouraged. God's got the victory for his children right now. We love you. Until next time, God bless. Thank you for joining me today. I trust and believe that God's Word has strengthened your faith. Why don't you visit me at DarrenFarmer.com and let's do life together on all social media platforms. And as always, your prayers and your financial giving is always welcome. God bless you.